Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the light. We thank you for having given us life again today. We are about to study your word, the Lord. We pray for peace of mind and give us good understanding of thy word that we may begin to practicalize all we learn today. This is our prayer to Christ our Lord. Amen. Our High Calling, June 19. The Silken Cord That Binds Hearts. By love, serve one another. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Love is the silken cord that binds hearts together. We are not to feel that we must set up ourselves as a pattern. As long as we think of ourselves and what is due to us from others, it will be impossible for us to do our work of saving souls. When Christ takes possession of our hearts, we shall no longer make the narrow circle of self the center of our thoughts and of our attentions. What a wonderful reverence for human life Jesus expressed in his life mission. He stood not among the people as a king, demanding attention, reverence, service, but as one who wished to serve, to uplift humanity. He said, He had not come to be ministered unto, but to minister. Wherever Christ saw a human being, he saw one who needed human sympathy. Many of us are willing to serve particular ones, those whom we honor, but the very ones to whom Christ would make us a blessing if we were not so cold-hearted, so unkind and selfish, we pass by as unworthy of our notice. The great lesson of forgiveness must be more perfectly learned by all of us. The greatest wrong we can do to others is to be unforgiving if we think they injure us in any way. This is a most dangerous position for a professed Christian because just in the manner in which he treats his brethren, so will the Lord of heaven treat him. We need to have higher and more distinct views of the character of Christ. We are not to think of God only as a judge and to forget him as a loving father. Nothing can do our souls greater harm than this, for our whole spiritual life is molded from our conceptions of God's character. We have lessons to learn of Jesus' love. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also had loved us and had given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savour. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 and 2 This is the height of love we are required to reach, and the texture of this love is not tainted with selfishness. Amen. The title of our devotion is The Silken Cord That Binds Hearts. 
the silken cord that binds hearts is love. It is love that knits hearts together. But because there is a spurious, false, carnal kind of love which is displayed from man to his fellow man, it is very important that we understand what love is. The real love, not the one that is carnal. In the last sentence of our devotion, we read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 that says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for our sweet smelling savour. And then the comment is made, This is the height of the love we are required to reach. And the texture of this love is not tainted with selfishness. So what is the kind of love we are required to reach? It is well spelled out for us. Ephesians 5 is 1 and 2. The kind of love that Jesus displayed. And we have to study that love. And we have to study that love to know what kind of love Jesus displayed. Because we have to reach that height and have the texture of a love and one thing we are sure of is that this is a love that is not selfish so what is selfishness which is the hallmark of the opposite of love selfishness and is the hallmark of evil selfishness you see without selfishness many sins or even any sin will not exist sin is rooted in the foundation of selfishness while love is rooted in the foundation of self-sacrifice. So what is selfishness and self-sacrifice? Selfishness means what is in it for me. If I cannot see any benefit in this thing, I am not doing it. Whereas, whereas self, self-sacrifice or selflessness is thinking of another person and like, what is in it for him? How can I bless this person? How can I be of help to this person? But selfishness is thinking, how is this going to help me? How is it going to lift me up? How is it going to make me more, better, more higher than another person? And the love that Jesus displayed was not one that took him up. It was one that brought him down. But the Father took him up because he took himself down. It was not Jesus who took himself up. Jesus brought himself down. Self-sacrificing love made Jesus to live, first of all, his position secondly he left his nature i mean physically now he can't change himself from being god of course because that is his very essence his divinity his true person cannot change that's who he is but other attributes of himself he had to let go of it his omnipotence his omnipresence he let go of it by taking human nature leaving his position coming down here as a human being and then began to serve us he was not thinking of what we are going to do for him but all that was on his mind was how he can do something for us so that we can come up to where he was he came down that he can lift us up and this is the self-sacrificing love so what was in it for jesus absolutely nothing what was his benefit from all that he did for himself nothing what was the benefit for us everything 
ask yourself what was Jesus gaining what he stands again before now and tomorrow for himself nothing and that's why in the beginning of what this love is it's expressed we are told as long as we think of ourselves and what is due to us from others it will be impossible for us to do our work of saving souls in other words it will be impossible for us to be like Christ because Christ was not thinking of what was due him and what are the things that we think of that is due us we think oh, this person is not respecting me as they're supposed to when you think that way how can you help that person how can you serve the person because for you to serve you have to look at yourself as lower than the person that you are serving and if you keep thinking of the respect and the honor that that young man or that young lady who is younger than yourself or in a lower position than yourself in the office if you keep thinking of how he's not respecting you or she's not giving you the honor that she or he is supposed to give to you you cannot serve him you cannot love him as jesus loved you because jesus was not thinking of what we were not doing for him oh you are not respecting me and honoring me like you're supposed to he won't come down he will want to raise himself up so that you can respect him more but rather he came down because he wasn't thinking of those things so we must learn lesson one stop thinking about what people are not doing for you whether it is respect or another example love well this person doesn't care for me as they're supposed to they're not being as thoughtful towards me as they're supposed to they're not showing as much sympathy and compassion they're not caring enough you know husbands and wives many of us think that way my husband doesn't care for me as he's supposed to the way he used to love me before he's not loving me anymore well it may be true but if you keep thinking of that you cannot be like jesus and you cannot serve as you ought to and you cannot help the soul of your spouse and by the way what i just said doesn't apply to women alone even men she's not respecting me as she's supposed to yeah it can be painful but if you keep thinking that way you will not love and will not reach the high standard that god wants you to reach neglect those things love in spite of the respect you are not getting love in spite of the compassion you are not getting love in spite of the attention that you think is due to you that you are not getting whether from your friends or your family members your spouse whether it is from your colleague or just a stranger on the road oh this person didn't greet me look at this young boy this young girl she doesn't have respect she's not greeting then how can you help that person i mean not in teaching them how to greet now but giving them the bounties that you have the word of god you will not be able to if you keep thinking of what people are supposed to do for you that they are not doing secondly very importantly i did mention this in yesterday's devotion but it came up in today's own thankfully and i believe god wants to help us to learn this lesson perfectly it is that selfish love that feigns itself as if it is love but it is actually selfishness and that is when we show attention to particular persons i read a high column page 176 paragraph 3 wherever christ saw a human being he saw one who needed human sympathy many of us are willing to serve particular ones those whom we honor but the very ones to whom christ would make us a blessing 
if we were not so cold-hearted so unkind and selfish we pass by as unworthy of our notice wow we pass by them as unworthy of our notice the first aspect i would like to talk of there are many aspects this is done there's the aspect of gender there's aspect of wealth there's aspect of talent there's aspect of filial relationship but the first one is gender i would like to talk about it's happening all around us many ladies feel like they can get whatever they want when they ask men why because men are always so loving towards them and kind and there's nothing wrong with that but the problem is the cold-heartedness from man to his fellow man no compassion no sympathy no love man doesn't think that his fellow man should be blessed by the care he has inside him you know my men can be very caring and compassionate and sympathetic but many times they reserve it for only the females and that is selfish love my brother if you're listening to me that's selfish love that's not what you're supposed to be doing love your fellow man the way you show attention to the ladies and you see all these people all, all ladies are saying oh you're very caring you're very nice but are you like that to your fellow man are you as compassionate and sympathetic and caring and loving and thoughtful do you call your man your fellow man as you do the ladies do you care for them as you do the ladies do you want to take your fellow man to heaven as you want to do the ladies with all your bible studies mm-hmm. oh you're studying you're having bible studies but would you also study with your fellow man so that you can help him or is it just the ladies and then you tell yourself you love and vice versa the young ladies too giving attention to the men but when it comes to your fellow lady you are very wicked and cruel towards them and i observe these things among ladies you know as men we are always very soft towards ladies and when you see a lady being hard to their fellow lady you wonder and you say wow these people they know themselves very well they don't they seem to understand themselves i don't know why they can be so cruel to each other ladies can be very cruel to themselves but when it comes to the fellow man oh they can be try not all the time of course but they they can be different if they behave differently we need to rise higher than these carnal ways of showing love what would it have been like if christ was giving these distinctions and showing love to particular persons and you see the way he treats the females is different from the way he treats the males he's not as compassionate to the men as he is to the women how would we, how would it have been with him do you think he would have had the kind of attention he had do you think people wouldn't have faulted him they would have but the love of god doesn't know male or female neither does it know tribe or family it is equal to each other there's no nepotism no tribalism no nationalism love breaks those borders it doesn't know your nationality it doesn't know your ethnicity it doesn't know your son name when jesus parents his mother came to meet him with his brothers and he was teaching and some people came and told him he needed to give them more attention ah your mother and brother are here and jesus said them who said to them who is my mother and brother it is those who do the will of god letting them understand that his family members who are of his blood do not have any advantage over others because of their relationship with him he was accessible to everybody he didn't give more attention to people just because of the blood that flowed in their veins or because of the color of their skin or because of their gender and we should learn to love in that manner 
don't get so uh like say sucking up to the to the ladies or to this particular gender or tribal uh, group or ethnic ethnic group or nationality you must love and rise up to that level that Christ had look at humanity outside the earth as god looks at humanity god has no tribe god doesn't have any blood that he will say is running through his veins and this is these are my people god doesn't have any color of skin that he says this is the color of my skin of course it's a great disservice we do to ourselves when we make images of god and when i refer to images of god i mean those pictures of jesus that you see everywhere the bible tells us not to make graven images pictures of jesus are sending a wrong message to people some now think oh god is white in complexion he's not a black colored and then the black people want jesus to be black and the white people want him to be white wrong messages are being sent and you can tell now why why the instruction is given in the word of god we should not make any image we didn't we've never seen him before you don't know what god is like and he's, he's not favoring any color of any skin and our love should transcend such borders. Another way is talent and wealth. We are not to neglect the rich. And no one is to neglect the poor also. Everybody should be shown love and compassion. The rich needs compassion. They need sympathy just as well as the poor. They all need it. But the most times, the rich get more attention than the poor because of what they have. Selfishness. Are you showing love and honor and serving people? Because that's what we are learning about love. Love is about service. Our key text told us that. And even Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 said it. Key text, Galatians 5, verse 13. By love, serve one another. Are you going to only serve the rich because there's something you get from it? Are you going to only serve the intelligent because there's something you get from it? Are you only going to serve those who are in high position because you know there's something you get from it and you think that it is not beneath you? After all, they are above me. This person is above me. Therefore, yes, I don't feel like I'm degraded when I'm giving service to this man. Yeah, he has more degrees than I have. He is older than I am. He is richer than I am. Therefore, it doesn't. it's not beneath me to serve him. But somebody who is of the poorer class or even not your age mate younger than yourself or higher or lower in position than yourself do you think that you can't serve such a person too then your love is partial and carnal the love that christ showed does not know class position estate and authority and recognize wealth it doesn't know those things it's equal for everyone for any class and that's what we need to learn and finally the most cruel thing that we can do in my opinion one of the most cruel things i would say that man can do is to his fellow man is to withhold forgiveness from from him because he thinks that his fellow man has offended him now I would say to us the only way you can do that the only way you can do that is when you have a very small estimate of your sins towards God that's what I believe I've seen people who are known to say I can never forgive this person that's who I am that's how I am if you offend me I can't forgive that's just how I am I've seen people like that not one not two and I wonder 
say wow these people their life certainly i know is not free from sin but they must be so full of themselves that they have forgotten that they are wicked people and sinners in the eyes of god who have received forgiveness from jesus and how dare you withhold forgiveness from someone else whenever you feel inclined to do that remind yourself that the sins or errors anyone could have done against you can never ever be compared to what you did to jesus and what you continually do to him and if he has forgiven you why will it be difficult for you to forgive another person when you know very well one you have forgive you you have offended him far more than any human being can do to you and two actually whatever thing you are getting the offenses that people do to you do you deserve any better in the first place when you consider who you are when you consider what you have done to people too why does it worry you that people betray you that people did evil to you have you not done evil to people too do you think you deserve any better it is because of your poor estimate of your sins and its consequences and what you really deserve that you think you are justified in withholding forgiveness from people that offend you but if you would have a proper estimate of your life and your sin and the and what it did in nailing Jesus on the cross of Calvary you will humble yourself and not withhold forgiveness from your brother or from your sister who offends you my brothers and sisters who are listening is there someone that you are holding a grudge against that you have said you will not forgive repent because you sinned against God in doing that and it's a fearful position you have placed yourself all your good works will account to nothing because God will forgive only those who forgive their brother and you must search your heart properly to know don't deceive yourself saying i've forgiven him i've forgiven her when indeed you have not forgiven do you want to be sure and convince yourself you've forgiven then go to that brother go to that sister and let them know you've forgiven them go beyond yourself to convince yourself and convince others but especially to convince yourself too that you have forgiven that person do the things that you would have done for the person where they be to be your close friend show them that you have nothing against them forgive one another as Christ has forgiven us it's it i know we pass through tough situations in life but god permits it to be so to test us you see the story jesus told the parable he told of the man who was owing a huge sum to a king i can't remember exactly what it was now but perhaps a thousand talents he was owing and somebody else was owing him a hundred pennies you can't compare the two it was like a million to one and he was forgiven of his debts only for him to find his brother who was owing him something very little and hold him and say i will not leave you until you pay me and the man said the same words this man told to the king which was please I do not have when I have I'll pay thee. But the king looked at this man and said you don't have anything. Go, don't worry. Now this man found somebody else owing him and the same words he told the king was told to him, "Please, I don't have. When I have I'll pay you." And the man said, "No. I will lock you up in the prison." He felt in his mind. He looked at him in the eye and said, "No, no, this person, if I leave him alone, he will not pay me. Lock him up." And he locked him up. And what did the, what did the king do when the king heard it? He said, "Oh, you locked him. Come." He withdrew his forgiveness from the man 
and locked him up too and said, whenever you can pay me, I will also release you. This is what you do to yourself when you withhold forgiveness from somebody for a penny. For one small thing they did to you, which in your mind you are magnifying. Why don't you magnify your sin in the eyes of God the way you are magnifying your brother's error against you? Have you sat down to magnify? Oh, he did this to me. He did that to me. Why don't you put yourself in God's shoes and think of what you did to him? You know how to magnify your sister and your brother's error. But you don't know how to estimate your own error and your own sins as you should. If only you could estimate properly your sin and your error and your life, you will not sit down to magnify your brother's problem and say you will not forgive him. My brother and sister, forgive. Forgive if you love yourself. Forgive. And stop making a mess of yourself. Because when you do that, you just please yourself and show that you're not worthy of Christ's love. You're not worthy of his forgiven uh, grace. You're not worthy of it. And he takes it from you. Repent and forgive. This is love. Do not give special attentions to particular ones. Are you a teacher? You go to school and you see these children. You love to give attention to these ones more than this one because they look better or because they are more wealthy or because they are more intelligent. Be careful. Give attention to everybody who demands your attention, who deserves it. Let them know you love them. Don't serve only those who you think are worthy. What makes you place in your mind who is worthy of being served and who is not worthy of being served? Serve everybody like Jesus did. He did not place in his mind and say, Oh, some human beings are worthy of my blood and some are not worthy of my blood. He served everybody. You too serve everybody. Be careful. Parents in your homes. Many of us do this. We select children not because of how good they are. I mean, I can understand if a child is more obedient, just like us in God. The, ch- the people who are more obedient are closer to God than those who are, dis- who are disobedient by virtue of the fact that they do the things that pleases God. But in homes, it's not that. Some parents just love other children because they look more like them. The father loves this daughter or that son because they are just uh, attached to that child for no reason whatsoever. And they make it clear in the home and they are partial and show favoritism in the home. Is that how God treated you? You are as God in that family. You parent, father, mother, you are as God. And God is testing you to see whether you have his character. In the same way he equally loved all of us, do you equally love your children? Do you select some and love them more than the others? Are you partial? Do you give particular attention to some and then neglect the others? Does a child call for your attention and you don't give it to him or her because it's not the other child that you love more? Is your child starving for your attention and is not getting it just because they don't look a certain way or because they don't do a certain thing? Yeah, like I said earlier, it is true that when a child is obedient, he is drawn more to the parent. But in some cases, that's not even what's happening. Some children are very obedient. But yeah, the parent just has a certain attachment for no reason, no good reason on another child and shows their partiality. Maybe because it's the only boy. So what? If it's the only boy, so what? Or it's the only girl, then what? Or it's the last born, then what? Why do you make these attachments? Because it's the last born, first son, only girl, first daughter. You shouldn't do that. Each child deserves your attention. And they should be treated accordingly. Do not show particular and serve one more than the other. You spoil that child. You spoil yourself too because you're not having the character of Christ. May God help us. It's my prayer that we shall take note of these things and rise up to the standard of true love that is having no taint 
in its texture no taint of selfishness. True love that will serve everyone. May that be our experience. Amen. The reading, the text of the reading says, By love serve one another. By love serve one another. Not by eye service or as men please us, but by love serve one another. Love is a sinking cord that binds hearts together. A sinking cord is very soft. You know, the material is like silk, so it's very soft. It can be ruffled or torn apart. We are not to feel that we must set up ourselves as a pattern. The truth is, people want you to do what they did in similar circumstances. But I do not know whether you've noticed that Abraham was commanded by God to slay his only son. However, in the moment when he wanted to carry out the command, God calls out again to him to stop. Had he not recognized the voice, he would have dismissed the voice and go ahead and slay Isaac all in the name of obedience. He would have disobeyed God in his zeal to carry out the first command. We live in a society today where people are afraid to give gifts to beggars. People are begging even on the streets. And so they will tell us, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. We have to be wise. These people are these and are that. And sometimes the Holy Spirit is speaking directly to our hearts to respond to a genuine gift. But because we are stuck with the text and we are not reached, in a moment of necessity, in a moment of a, of opportunity, and it, that moment has passed, never to come again. Most times, people, when people come to us with requests on the street, in the office, in the neighborhood, others tell us, "Ah, don't give them anything. Oh, they are this and they are that." without realizing that in turning away from the persons of the poor, most times we are turning away from Jesus. Let our ears be tuned to heaven. Let our hearts be open to the voice of the Holy Spirit. That way, you will not only be waiting for people to always come to you. God will send you on errands like Philip or like Elijah. Sometimes we pass by duty, lying next to us without realizing that in neglect of them, we neglect Christ. As long as we think of ourselves and what is due to us from others, it will be impossible for us to do our work of saving souls, the reading says. Some people will stop giving alms to their neighbors because they did not tell them enough thank you. No wonder why people like to go on national TVs when they want to give arms to maybe a motherless baby home or a home of the, the, the aged people. They want everybody to gather and press men so that before they will present the gift, that they want the whole world to say, ah, they are very generous. And if you do that, beloved, you have received your reward here. Jesus said that if you give to the poor, you lend unto God. So picture this. If you lend unto God 
Are you going to announce it or have lent some money to God? I read from Signs of the Times, September 2, 1886. It says, When thou doest thine arms, he says, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, you have they have their reward. They gave to be regarded noble and generous by men. They received the praise they sought and this was all the reward they would have. This lesson was designed to rebuke those who wished to receive glory of men. They gave large sums with this object in view and the means given was often obtained by oppressing the hireling in his wages and grinding the face of the poor. So we see that even in church circles today when people give give they want they do it for sure. So we see the danger here that all you get is the praise of men and no more no reward from God. When Christ takes possession of our hearts we shall no longer make the narrow circle of self the center of our thoughts and of our attentions. Hearts to be bound by the sinking cord of love. We are no longer babies where everything has to be them. It's me, 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 me. We are not to be self-centered. We are to be self-sacrificing. Our love must be as brothers that of Jesus. Father, and mother bind your hearts in closest happiest union do not grow apart but bind yourselves more closely to each other then you are prepared to bind your children's hearts to you by the silken cord of love wherever christ saw a human being the reading says he saw one who needed human sympathy many of us are willing to serve particular ones those whom we honor but the very ones to whom christ would make us a blessing if we were not so cold-hearted so unkind and selfish we pass by as unworthy of our notice we are called to notice sovereign humanity if jesus would notice the, the needs of human beings around him if he saw those who needed human sympathy and he gave it to them, we must not pass by them as if we do not notice them. Those who are not interested in the cause of God on earth can never sing the song of redeeming love above. We are called to fall in line. We must walk in Christ's line. Someone once said that if 95% of what we are doing now as Christians is stopped, nobody might notice. But if 5% of what the early Christians were doing was stopped, the whole world will know. Why? It is self-sacrificing love. Let us read the account from the mouth of the mob in the book of Acts. It says, In their mad disappointment at not finding Paul and Silas, the mob seized Jason and his brother and dragged them before the authorities with the complaint that these that have turned the world upside down are come hither also whom Jason had received and these do they all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar 
saying that there is another king, one Jesus. I wish that this is our experience. It was to tell them that there is another king, Jesus, that took them from their own lands and they moved all over the world. He said they turned the world upside down because of the love of Jesus in their hearts. I believe that if we have this love in our hearts, we will do even as they did. May this be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for such words of admonition we've received from you today. We thank you for reminding us that we must love as you loved. We must not show partiality in persons. We must be tender-hearted towards one another. We must show sympathy to all humans who deserve and demands sympathy. We must not neglect the path, the duty that lies before us. Lord, help us to always put this in our minds that we may receive all the blessings that you've promised. This is our prayer to Christ our Lord. Amen.